0: And then we've gone through several other other visions. We've seen God take Ezekiel to the temple. And I mentioned this, I think I've mentioned it several times now, but I know I did last week where God took Ezekiel to the temple and he showed him all the defilement that was taking place in the temple. He showed him all the issues, all the gods that had been literally placed before himself. And now here, Scripture says that Ezekiel said, I was taken up by the hand of the Lord. That in itself is an interesting situation because in order for Ezekiel's spirit to have been taken up by the hand of the Lord, he had to be obedient and willing to go, right? God would not have taken him had he not been in a place that he was willing to go. So it says that I was taken up by the hand of the Lord and the spirit took me and dropped me down into a valley. I see that the valley is a low point. It's a low place. And I I am learning in my own life, and I don't always understand, but when I'm led by the Spirit, typically I'm not led to a mountaintop. It's quiet. Maybe you're not like that. The Spirit doesn't normally lead me to a mountaintop. He leads me to a place that is a deep, dark low that I have to climb my way with the help in my weakness with the strength of God to the mountaintop but where the Lord takes me is not to the mountaintop he takes me to the valley and so here Ezekiel has been taken by the hand of the Lord he's been led by the spirit and he's been dropped in this vision in a valley and he said as I looked out In the valley, the Spirit led me all around, and I was looking all around at this valley full of bones. I believe the night that I preached this five years ago, I actually had some dead deer carcasses in here, and I just, that was kind of nasty now that I look back. but He said that there were very many bones. And I being the overly analytical person that I am, and I want to overanalyze, and I want to dig down deep, deep, deep to the root of Scripture, and I want to understand the word, the, the phrase very many could easily be translated to strength in numbers. Very actually translates to strong. So not only were their bones, and we would think in terms of quantity that there were a lot of bones, but it almost literally could go to quality that that there were so many that the number was a strong number of bones. And he said that they were very dry. I thought about the thought of very dry. My hands have been very dry in my opinion. They're busted, they're cracking. I'm having to get girly and I'm putting on lotion because if I don't, they're going to bleed. When I wash them, they burn. But that's not the dry that Ezekiel has seen. He has seen dry, meaning there's no life. The cells have been dried up, bleached out. There's nothing left in these bones. And the thought came to me even just this morning when I was studying back over this and I thought knowing that there was strength in the numbers of death. Though the death contained no life, it sometimes has strength over ours. Though the death The bones contain no life. This valley, this place, contain no life whatsoever. There's nothing to be of strength. There's no life. In order for me to be strong, I have to have some kind of substance. I've got to have some muscle. I've got to have something that's making me up to make me strong, right? And even in this valley of death, even though the valley was full of death, the strength of the death overtakes our life you don't believe me, let a situation worry the snot out of you and suck the life out of you. There's no life in the situation whatsoever, but the little bit of life you had, the strength of the death overtook your life, even though there was no strength in it at all. So Ezekiel walks through and he says, they're very dry. I think that's, that Ezekiel made it a point to tell us these bones were very dry so that we could understand that there is zero chance that living any kind of life, any kind of organism, any kind of cellular... I mean, we'll just get scientific. You know, you're made up of all these cells. Your bones are made up of cells. And life, even though they look dead, there's life running even through your bones. That's how they're, they're living. That's how they do what they do. And I think God saw it important enough to put it in the word when when he showed Ezekiel, these bones have no life left in them whatsoever. I used to have a saltwater fish tank, and whenever something would die out, I had all kind of coral and all kind of stuff in it. When it would die, it would turn white. And it would turn white because all of the life, all of the color, all of the, the brilliancy, the vibrancy left Whatever that was. I used to buy rocks because I was cheap. And if you know anything about a saltwater fish tank, you buy living rock, you buy life rock to put into the tank, and it serves as a filter. Well, I was cheap. I bought dead rock. And the rock that I bought was white, there was nothing left in it whatsoever, it had no life. And in a few weeks after being in the tank, it would color back up and green and purple. And all these different colors would come back because of the environment that it was placed in. But the rock itself had no life. And I think God had to show us, and I think he had to show Ezekiel, that in this impossible situation, there was no life whatsoever in these bones. He had to realize that it was completely impossible in any way, shape, or form, any kind of evolution, any kind of scientific explanation, for these bones to have any life left in them whatsoever, yet through the possibility of God, they would live. Sometimes he has to show us the true depth of the death so that we know we can rely on absolutely nothing but God. Y'all with me? You're quiet today. Lord, have mercy. So Ezekiel's led around, and he is to pass by. I can almost, if you would, kind of think of it with me. I put myself there, and he's walking through the valley, and I would think it would be something like as they're walking. You know, you walk down a gravel road, and you hear the rocks moving under your feet, and all of a sudden you kick something across. The part, you know, you've ever been walking through a parking lot and you see a rock fly off and you kicked it and you didn't even realize you kicked it and it starts going across. I think that's probably what it was like with these bones. Because Ezekiel said he took me all around the bones, all through the valley. They were all over. The New Living Translation said they were scattered all over the valley floor. I think they were piled up in heaps that they were just everywhere they look. and Ezekiel's having to walk in the middle of the death. And he's having to feel the the dryness. He's having to feel the, the lifelessness of the place he's in. But I believe he had to feel all of that. So that when God really fulfilled the promise and he really fulfilled the word, he would be able to testify of where he came from to now where he is. He's walking through the death, and God said, hey, Ezekiel. Yes, God. You think these bones can live? I think he was respectful enough to not say no. And it was creative enough to flip the question. God, only you know the answer to that. But you know, just as good as I do, that by now he's looking out, and I see this almost as a picture of the Lion King when they go out into the, the, the land where they're not supposed to be, and there's all the fossils, and there's all the people, and that's where the hyenas chase Simba and Nala, and maybe you've not seen it, I don't know. They're not supposed to be there. And here Ezekiel is in this vision, and he, God says, Hey, you think that all this death can come back to life? No. No. I don't, Lord. And I'm taking a little bit of liberty to step into Ezekiel's mind, but I believe he was human just like you and me. I believe if he'd have had the courage and he'd have had the faith that he believed it, why didn't he say, absolutely, God, you can raise these people up. These dead bones can come back to life. They're going to form back together, and you're going to make them a mighty army. Why didn't he say that? If he had boldness and faith enough to believe it could happen, I believe that he would have had boldness and faith enough to have spoke it. You agree? Maybe it's just me. And that's okay. But he flips it and he says, only you know this, God. And God said, well, here's what you're going to do, Ezekiel. Ezekiel. You're going to prophesy out of these bones, and you're going to say, thus saith the Lord. Bones, rise up. You're going to come together. Uh, you're going to have tendons and skin that are going to cover you, and you're going to raise up, and you're going to be a mighty army. Ezekiel said, all right. And it's important to realize that this resurrection come through two stages. Stage number one, Ezekiel stood up and he says, Hey, bones, the Lord says that you now are to live again. You're to come together. You're to raise up. The Lord says in verse 6, We'll start with verse 5. Thus says the Lord to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you. You shall live. I will put sinews, which is tendons, on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you. You shall live. Then you shall know that I'm the Lord. And Ezekiel, I would, I would think this would be some crazy far-fetched thing, but everything that Ezekiel's walk through has been crazy and far-fetched for you and me to understand. He's, he says, So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. See, last week we talked about the power of the words, and as we just begin to speak life into the dead situations, God begins to move, and and I could imagine Ezekiel standing in the middle of this valley because I don't think God took him back to the mountaintop to look down to watch it. I think he's standing right in the middle of the death, right in the middle of the bones, right in the middle of the darkness, the dryness, the nastiness. And as he starts giving the word of the Lord, a sound starts happening. And it's interesting that God uses sound in so many instances. The, the prophet said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. When they were in the upper room in Acts chapter 2, the sound of a, a mighty rushing wind started coming through. And Ezekiel's prophesying; he's given the word of the Lord, and all of a sudden something starts rattling. And I think the way that you hear bones break, I think you start to hear them snap back in, but... And it's kind of nasty, but I, the power, he said, while I was speaking, I heard a noise and the rattling noise started happening and the skeleton started coming together and the sinews, the, the tendons, the junk that sticks the bones together, the cartilage started being where it was supposed to go. They're dried out. Where's it coming from? There's no life left in them whatsoever. They're not magically growing cartilage. They're not magically growing tendons. So not only is God orchestrating the chaos, not only is he orchestrating this random skeleton that I'm sure bones are scattered across that valley from one end to the other. He's orchestrating them to come back together to make the body that they originally formed. And now he's providing stuff that ain't even there anymore. He had to provide life for cartilage to come back into existence. He had to provide life for the tendons to stick those bones back together. And then he had to create instantaneously skin cells to cover them up because a bunch of skeletons walking around would be crazy. But they still laid there lifeless. They heard the word of the Lord and they came back together and they formed a body. That was stage 1. But stage 1 wasn't enough. And the Lord said, "How many How many of our people have heard the word of the Lord? And how many of them have come together to look like a body? How many of them look like they got it together?" How many of them look healthy and look like they've been put back together like Humpty Dumpty that was broke. They've been put back the way they were created. How many of them look like that, but they still lay there lifeless? How many people in our churches are put together and they sit in a pew and they sit up like a body, but they're still sitting there lifeless? Hearing the word of God is not enough. It wasn't enough for Ezekiel to raise this army. He had to go through stage two. I think that Ezekiel probably had to. I put myself in the Bible. And I try to see this. And my mind's crazy. You've learned that already. And I have a crazy imagination. And I see things. And typically I can make a vision happen. And I see Ezekiel saying, all right, God, I'll prophesy. Bones, thus saith the Lord, you'll come together. God's going to provide you with tendon. He's going to provide you with skin. He didn't even mention organs, but in order for the body to function, there had to be a heart and there had to be lungs. Raise up. And they start coming together, and then they lay there lifeless. I have my times of being a doubter. I have my times when my effort, and I give something everything that I am and everything that I've got, and I look back at it and it's still dead. If I'm not careful, I'll turn around and walk away. And I can imagine that Ezekiel, if, if I'm Ezekiel, had a moment that he said, God, what you're trying to do? I spoke to this valley full of death and I've watched you miraculously put it back together, but why ain't it working? Why isn't it not working the way that it's supposed to work? And then God shifts the table just a little bit. He said, now, Ezekiel, prophesy to the wind. But God, I thought we were trying to raise up the bodies. He does what me and you do, and he argued. Or... He said, prophesy to the wind. And he said, tell the wind, oh, breath. That's an awesome, awesome word, because... All throughout scripture, God uses the wind to represent the Holy Spirit. And the word is ruah. He said, you speak to the wind and you tell the wind, blow from all four directions. Because when God comes in like a mighty rushing wind and the Holy Spirit comes in and takes over, there's no escaping that. From every direction you're surrounded. I don't know about you, but there's times for me when I need to be surrounded by the presence and the Spirit of God. And I need God to, no matter what situation, no matter what trouble, no matter what obstacles in front of me, I need him to surround me with the Spirit of God. And I need the Spirit of God to overflow me, overflow in me, overflow through me, so that new life comes and whatever he's got to do to get it to me, I need it to happen. And so stage two was not Ezekiel speaking to the dead things anymore. He literally said, you speak to the wind. You speak to the spirit. You say, oh, breath, come and fill these lungs. Ruah was the same word that was used in Genesis chapter 2 when it said that God breathed into Adam, and Adam took his first breath, and, and he began to breathe life in and out again. So these bones had lived at one point or another. Do you agree? They're bones. At one point in time, they made up a body. And now here they are, and God has restructured them. Now they made a new body, but yet they still lay lifeless. And the Lord challenged me with the thought, how often do I assume the authority that he's put within me to command the Spirit of God to move in situations? I'll speak to the situation. You have no authority over me. Headache, you got to go. My body's going to be made well. Lord, I believe that a blessing's coming. If I'm checking account, there's something going to change. I'll speak to the situation. But what I saw different in this this time was He said, Ezekiel, we're done speaking to that. Now you're going to speak to the Spirit and you're going to give the command to the Spirit of God to enter into them, breathe life into those bodies and they're going to raise up and live. And so Ezekiel stood tall and he cried out all breath. Fill these bodies. And at the point that the Spirit the wind entered into them it says they were raised up to their feet and they stood like a mighty army it was not until they were empowered by the Holy Spirit it was not until God breathed life into them it didn't matter what Ezekiel had done over that situation it got to the point he had to let go of the situation And he commanded the Spirit, enter into them. It's interesting to me, though, that in verse 6, when Ezekiel give, or when God give Ezekiel this command, and he's prophesying, You can take this and do with this whatever you feel. I'm still working it out in my own heart. But what was interesting to me is that it was after the physical was put back together. And it was after the Spirit of God had entered in and brought life. He says, then you will know that I'm the Lord. He wasn't talking to Ezekiel. In verse 6, he says, Thus say the Lord to these bones, Surely I'll cause breath to enter into you, you shall live. I'll put sinners on you, bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I'm the Lord. Our closed-mindedness so many times is expecting our dead things to know God is God. People we encounter, we're expecting them to see the glory of God and understand that the Lord Jesus sits on the throne and then he'll put their life back together. And I'm not saying that we can't let people come into the house that are broken and torn down and let God put them back together. Absolutely, that's the point of this healing house but our minds can't be closed enough to think that sometimes we don't have to do some work. Sometimes we don't have to speak to the death and in Jesus' name, you be lifted back up and you be raised back to life and you come together, you organize in the fashion you were created to be. Holy Spirit, you fill them up and you raise them up. Then they'll know that you're God. In my life, people that I've dealt with, I've expected people to see the Lord for who he is before he ever does anything in them. That's not going to happen. He put it back together. Then they knew he was the Lord. So what does it all have to do with us? In context of this, We have to slow down and understand that all of this was for the house of Israel. The people in exile of Israel had drifted away. God was doing his best to reconcile his people. He's used Ezekiel time after time after time to speak back to them. Bring them back. This is what's going on. This is what they need. And the promise... Promise in verses eleven through thirteen was that the whole house of Israel would live again. So here's you two ways that this has to do with you. Number one, you were the bones. If you ever forget you were the bones, you're in trouble. You were the bones. In the lowest of the valley life was gone God created us in the beginning and because of sin we're now dead dry bones you were bones and the only way whatsoever if you're a believing Christian and the only way whatsoever you've come back to a relationship with Jesus It's because God on your behalf sent his son Jesus to prophesy over your life and the Holy Spirit put breath back in your lungs. You're the bones. Otherwise, you and I would still be laying in the valley. Our life would still be in shambles. It would still be broken down, busted, dried up, no life whatsoever. Some of our lives might still be at that point because we've gone through stage one and heard the word, but we've not allowed the Spirit of God to speak over us and allowed our breath to be filled with Him so that we excel His praises. You were the bones. So, number two, knowing you were the bones. We're called to prophesy to the bones. If we were once dead, dry, dried up, lifeless, very dry bones. And now we've been made alive in Christ. And we look at somebody's life that's dead, dried up, lifeless bones. Our testimony is directly where they are. Our testimony comes from exactly that same place, that low, that darkness, that deep, lifeless place where there's no hope whatsoever. The Israelites had no hope that their people would ever be be put forth again. They had no hope that they would ever come back together as a people. We come in contact with so many people that are hopeless, that are lifeless, that think there's no way my life will ever come back together and amount to anything. I met so many people yesterday that, that were so much, that they were so different than you and I, and they were in totally different places than you and I, but had so much more hope and life than you and I could ever have. I handed a guy on the street a bag and he said, I already go to a church. I go to the Fayetteville Wesley and Pentecostal Holiness Church. I said, My cousin isn't a pastor of that church, sir. I said, Pastor Clay, yeah. He said, You know what, Lord willing, I'm gonna get my ordination. He said, and I'm not gonna be doing this for long. I'm gonna preach the gospel. He said, Wendy's is working me like a dog. I'm working part time, they can't even get me the stuff to do right. The frosty machine's broke, but I'm gonna preach the gospel. And then I met this precious little lady that when she looked up, I really didn't know what we were going to find when she lifted her little toe up and looked at us. And she lifted her toe up, and she had a bigger smile than I did. Sitting in a wheelchair, and I really don't know that she had legs. I really don't know that she had any feet. I'm pretty sure by the height of the body that was there, she had the bottom part of her body wrapped in a trash bag. Little Angela would not even take one of our bags. She said, give it to somebody that needs it more than I do. And she sat right there, and she told us Jesus is on the throne. He's still the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he's coming back. She said, it don't matter what situation we're in. It don't matter where we're at. It don't matter what we're going through. She said, Jesus still reigns, and I'm going to hold on to that, and I'm going to be okay. I said, is there anything we can do for you? Anything?" Nah, I'm good. We need some life, Lord speak life into us and allow us to speak to the dead and dry things of our life, the dead and dry people. The house of Israel was gonna be restored. God had already shown Ezekiel that the house was gonna be restored, the whole house. Family, the kingdom of God is gonna be restored But you and I got to speak to it. We've got to speak the word. We've got to speak. Jesus loves you in an unconditional way. The grace of God is from everlasting to everlasting. You and I are like a flower in the field that's going to fade away, but his love lasts forever. We've got to speak the word. It was necessary for those bones to come back together to hear thus saith the word of God. But it was also necessary for them to be filled with the spirit of God. So what are we going to do? There's a mighty army standing waiting to be raised up to go forward. Waiting on you to command the Spirit to enter into those dead situations. And that's a fun word to preach, that's an easy word to preach go for it and raise up a mighty army and they'll stand strong and they'll go for it. That's easy. I hear the chain. I love the Break Every Chain song. I hear the chains falling. falling. Then I see an army rising. That's not my heart today, though. Because believe we the church have heard the word and we've formed a body that looks good looks like we're put together our bones are stuck together with tendons and skin covers us and on the outside we look like we're good to go you and I have yet to stand as the mighty army that God raised up. We've got the testimony of being put back together. We've got the testimony of confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and I needed him as a savior. We've done that well. And maybe at one point in time, God has breathed his life into us and we were full of life and flourishing. And maybe that's our testimony that we've experienced it. We know it. We know the power of God. We know how God can move. And you can give me story after story of the way God's provided for you and he's been faithful and how he's raised you up and you've seen people come to know it. Maybe that's your testimony. But if you follow this with me, you were a bones. That was your testimony. And we start the progress line of God raising us up, putting us back together, covering us, making us whole, and making us back one again. Our lives are no longer scattered and shattered, but now we're one. Our testimony follows us up to that point. And maybe our testimony goes even to the point that Somebody's commanded over our life and we've allowed Jesus to speak into us and the Holy Spirit to breathe life into us. Maybe it goes to that point. But if we've not stood as an army, our testimony is not that of an army. And there's no way we can command people to come together. There's no way you can command your messed up, screwed up situations to raise up, rise up, be full of life, and stand as an army that's on your side and not against you because our testimony is not that of a mighty army that god's raised up we're still stuck back here there's no way we'll take people to the place he's called us to take people there's no way we can speak to pain and say get out of here there's no way we can break down broken messed up things and and remove them out of our life because we've not stood up as an army ourselves. our testimony has not made it to that level the promise of God is the whole house of Israel will stand as an army. But he said, I will place my spirit in you and you will live. Family, until we are full, I'm not talking about just a little dose. I'm talking about until every part of our life It's full of the Holy Spirit. Our frustration. Our happy days. Our heartbreak. Our victories. Our mess ups, our flaws. Our strengths. It's easy for me to give God my good. It's easy for me to let him use the things that He's good, and he's gifted me his strengths in my life. It is a totally different ball game for him me to give him the weaknesses and let him expose my failures and use those too. But until every part of our life, even them thoughts we think, but we know better than to say. until every piece of it is filled with the Holy Spirit. We can't stand as an army. We're not thriving on the life God created us to live until we're full. Put together, organized, you look good. That came by hearing the word of the Lord looking good and being well put together is totally different than living and thriving on the life God created us to thrive on it's time for us to allow the Holy Spirit to fill us up again to raise up boldness power humility in us so that we stand as one. If you're ready for your testimony to match where God wants to take you, you're ready for your testimony to be at a place where God's ready for you to lead people to. You're ready to surrender every area of your life, the ones we see, the ones we don't see, the ones we could, you've already thought about some that you know need to be better but you're ready for God to expand your territory by your testimony when you get to a place that you're ready in the conversation to tell the Lord to take your testimony to a new level you're ready to join forces you want to join the army it's a process family God's got to do some things in us before we stand together as a mighty army. Pour out your heart, Father. God, we stand here in this altar this morning, God, simply as a sign of surrender. Come into a place of worship, come into this designated area of a place where we give ourselves. God, I pray that you begin to move in us Lord, we're a well-put-together people. Lord, we were nothing but dry bones laying in the valley, and you've put us back together. You've raised us to life. You've breathed life into us. Only under the power of the Holy Spirit, through the blessing of life, were we able to live? Were we able to step out of darkness and out of sin and out of shame and out of fear, out of slavery to our sin, God, only because of your grace? And the gift of the Holy Spirit, were we able to do that? God, but now here we are asking for you to do more in our lives. Father, asking that you move the mountains that are in front of us, God, that you move the the burdens, the heartache, the struggles, the pain, God. Lord, not that we would forget them and not that that we wouldn't have to overcome them, God, but you give us boldness to overtake those things in our life, God, so that our testimony would be made stronger that our walk with you would be a journey that would be made longer, that it would be one of more stories and one of more, more tales, God, that we could look back and we could look at these the history of our life with you and we would see greater things that we've accomplished. God, and just as we go back through history books and see the history of our nation, of our world, the things that have been around us, God, we could go back through the history book of our life with you. And we could see where you've brought us to and how you got us here from the place you brought us from. God, there's a valley of bones waiting for us to speak to them. Waiting for us to deliver your word. Waiting for us to command the Spirit. God, and we're doing that. But before we can do it the way that you have created us to do, we have to stand, not in fear, but as a mighty army for what you want to do. Holy Spirit, I pray that you empower us. I command you to enter into each one of us in a fresh new way. God, that you would move in our midst. God, that we feel life in a way we've not felt it before. We feel courage. We feel boldness. We feel authority. Hallelujah. Spirit move in our lives enter into these people so that we would be raised up a mighty army for you God that it's only by your spirit that we live God I thank you for life not only this physical life God but I thank you for spiritual life I thank you for the resurrection power that was, that's witnessed years and years and year bef- years before your son ever came to the earth. The resurrection power was displayed and shown to the prophet Ezekiel. I thank you, God, that I'm just merely bones that have been put back together and raised to life. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for this army that you're forming. The way you're raising your people up to do mighty things. God, I pray blessings on your people. I pray that you keep us. You bless us, Father, every person we come in contact with. I pray that your light shine forth out of us. God, that your love would shine forth out of us into the lost and dying world around us, the hurting and broken people, the people that have no hope, that feel like they've lost it all. God, I pray that our life be the testimony of of love for you in Jesus name hallelujah amen amen